Hello, I'm Tyler Smith, and this is More Than One Lesson. Um, oh, you know what? I'm sorry. Perhaps I, uh, I think I misspoke. I should have said, uh, I'm Tyler Smith, and this is a podcast award-nominated More Than One Lesson. Yes, that's, an, that's what I should have said. There's no question about it. Um, so, uh, as, you, uh, as you can tell, um, the, the show has been nominated for a podcast award in the religion-slash-inspiration uh, category, so uh, the voting is currently going on, and it will go through, I believe, November 30th, so uh, if you want to help us out, uh, head on over to podcastawards.com and click on More Than One Lesson, and then you'll put in your name and your email address, and uh, it, I, th- I believe it will send you an email so that you can verify your vote. Uh, you can vote every day, uh, so once a day. From now until the thirtieth, um, I would say that I I don't think we're going to win, but at the same time I have no idea how uh, how we got nominated. So, yeah, uh, it's exciting. And if you are in fact a, a new listener who found out about us from uh, the podcast awards, uh, welcome. Uh, I hope you uh, enjoy the show. And uh, yeah, so let's see what else is going on. Um, uh, on the website, there are uh, several new blogs, and uh, written by me and uh, Josh Long and Jason Eakin and Curtis Montgomery, and so uh, a lot of good stuff over there. So head on over to morethanonelesson.com, and uh, I think that. Oh, and then of course uh, you can uh, follow me uh, on Twitter at more lessons. Um, I will go ahead and apologize um, in case. Uh, my pronunciation sounds a little weird right now. I currently have two temporary fake front teeth, which uh, I am noticing already is kind of changing the way I say S's, I think. I'm not sure. I'm very self-conscious about it, so uh, maybe I'll just try to avoid S's. That's not going to happen. I have no idea how to do that. But um, So yeah, uh, please uh, please excuse me uh, if, if it uh, gets on your nerves. Um... All right, so a uh, special thanks to uh, Nathan Potter for uh, being my guest on uh, the last episode. It was uh, it was a lot of fun, and uh, let's see. I'm trying to think if there's any. Oh yes, so um, so today we're going to be talking about uh, Up, directed uh, the Pixar film came out this year, directed by uh, Pete Doctor, and uh, <laughs> as I as I mentioned this to a friend of mine, he. He said, oh, well, you know, you just did Wally two weeks ago. Um, yes, I realized that. I didn't think about it at the time. Um, when I pick the movies, um, honestly, I don't really plan that far in advance um, unless I have a guest. But when it's uh, episodes that are just me by myself, uh, I usually, I know it sounds weird, but I just kind of pray about it and think about what's going on in my life and think about movies I've seen lately or movies that... I'm thinking about and uh, just kind of go from there. Usually, it's it's a week to week kind of thing, um, and so uh, so up is what we're talking about this week. Um, I apologize; this is not a strictly animation uh, podcast or anything like that. It's just kind of the the way it worked out. So we'll uh, and <laughs> and the companion film for Up is actually going to be another Pixar film, but we'll talk about that later. So. Um, a little background that you might need to know. Um, this this episode is going to be uh, perhaps uh, more than a little 
scattershot, and uh, it might turn a little dark uh, at times, uh, even though we're talking about uh, ostensibly a, a kid's movie. Um, so I'll give you a little bit of background uh, necessary uh, to understand some of the things that I'm going to talk about. Uh, so listeners of Battleship Pretension know that uh, about seven years ago, it's seven, seven and a half now, uh, my father uh, passed away of a heart attack that was unexpected, but probably we should have seen it coming. Um, he was not in the best of health. And uh, and I bring it up on the show uh, a lot. Well, I, I think it's a lot. I really don't know. Um, because, as one can imagine, when a parent passes away, when at a relatively young age, I was 20 at the time, um, you know, it can be kind of a defining moment uh, of your life. And so uh, I talk about it a lot, and uh, and... That fact, and you will also, uh, I've probably mentioned on this show that I'm uh, married to a wonderful woman named uh, Jenny, and uh, so that will factor into what I have to say about uh, about uh, this week's uh, movie as well. So um, just keep that in mind, I'll bring it up later, uh, but first off, let's, uh, let's get going and start talking about uh, Up, directed by uh, Pete Docter. Um, it is currently, uh, let's see. It's November 16th, and as of right now, Up is my favorite movie of the year. Um, I love everything that, almost everything that Pixar does. I'm not a huge fan of Cars, but it wound up better uh, better than I thought it was going to. Uh, Ratatouille was my favorite movie uh, of that year when it came out. WALL-E was my favorite movie, uh, my second favorite movie of last year. Uh, Pixar is, is really fascinating as a company because just they they make movies that, as I said, are are pretty much for for kids, or at least they're kids' movies, or or fan, and but they really are more family films in the sense that kids can watch it and and enjoy it, um, but uh, adults can watch it and really get something out of it. I mean, that you know, uh, a tear has come to my eye uh, during I can think of three uh, three or four Pixar movies just off the top of my head. Um, they are, but they're not. They don't work hard to extract tears from you. They just they they very much focus on character first, um, and and that's what drives the story. As opposed to oh hey here here's what a here's a neat action sequence that we can that we can make look really cool uh, with our animation. Let's do that. Um, everything comes from from uh, the characters. So uh, and I would say up is a is a prime example of this. Um, it, it it starts out. With um, as basically a love story between uh, a kid, uh, two kids named Carl and Ellie, and uh, they meet when they're very young, and then they grow up together. They get married. Uh, they you know start a life together, and they spend their whole lives together. And you just see this uh, in a rather extensive montage at the beginning of the film. And then, of course, you uh, see that she starts to get uh, starts to get sick as they get older and um and they realize that there are some things that they are not able that they have gone their whole li- lives without a- being able to to do um you know when they were younger they they loved adventure and there was a, 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 a an explorer a world famous explorer named Charles Muntz who uh, who they really looked up to and they wanted to be just like him. And, and so there was a place in South America called paradise falls that they really wanted to go to. Um, but you know, and they, and they kept saving up their money as they were married. It's like, we're going to get it. We're going to, we're going to 
we're finally going to go to Paradise Falls. But of course, as you know, uh, life happens and, you know, all of a sudden there's bills and car repairs and stuff like that. And before you know it, here they are in kind of their twilight years and uh, Ellie has gotten sick and she probably can't go anywhere. And uh, sure enough, she does pass away and Carl is left alone. Um, and it's really kind of the only time he's been alone. I mean, they were together their whole lives. And so he winds up being kind of a, kind of a crotchety old man, you know, the, the, the delightfully crotchety sort, you know, like a, like a Mr. Wilson type. Um, and he's living in their house and he's, and he's being very careful to, to preserve, um, Everything that had to do with his wife. I mean, he's got pictures of her all over the place. Um, you know, uh, little trinkets that they've ga- that they had gathered over the over the years, and uh, and so he's trying to be forced uh, out of his house because he, you know a city has sprung up around it, and uh, he is very stubborn about saying no. But it becomes clear that he's not going to have a great deal of choice in the matter, and so he winds up. Um, yeah, he winds up tying a whole bunch of balloons to his house, uprooting it from its foundation, and it goes uh, it goes up up into the air. Um, and the idea is that he's going to he's going to go down to Paradise Falls. He's going to do what they by himself what they never could, kind of uh, as a way of honoring his wife. And um, but of course, he finds that there is a there's a stowaway. It's a, a little kid. Uh, named Russell, who um, is you know like a like a Boy Scout type and and just wants to wants to help out Carl. But of course, Carl, at much as I said, he's kind of like a Mr. Wilson type. He doesn't like he doesn't seem to really like children. He doesn't want uh, he doesn't want any kind of help. And the idea that this kid is now with him, well, he can't take a kid with him to South America, and he feels like his plans are already ruined. But um, but through a, a series of events, uh, spoilers, by the way, I should have said that uh, early on. I'm sorry, everybody. Spoilers uh, for this episode. Up is a fairly new movie, and uh, and I've already given away a surprising amount. Sorry, everyone. Um, so, yeah, uh, there's going to be a lot of spoilers from now on. So, uh, you know, just letting you know that. Um so through a series of events, uh, Russell Carl does not have the option of taking Russell back um, to to his parents to the city because they are in fact in South America, very close to Paradise Falls, and uh, and they encounter, um, you know, uh, they actually wind up encountering a very old man who turns out to be Charles Muntz, the guy that Carl grew up uh, idolizing. And there's a, you know, there's, Muntz has been living pretty much in seclusion um, with uh, a bunch of dogs that he's put collars on and he's trained. So they're basically kind of like, like henchmen of sorts. And you don't realize that uh, until kind of far into the film that that Charles Muntz is the villain of the piece. Um, And he has gone a bit crazy and... Uh, views Carl and Russell as a threat, and so uh, so all of a sudden Carl and Russell are in danger. But 
what's interesting okay so that's 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 the basic story i, I won't go into the the, the thematics uh, just yet uh what i will say is that of course like everything else that pixar does up is of course gorgeous to look at um you know they create this whole other world and of course it's based on our world but everything is abo- is of course uh exaggerated and uh and I'd say most notably is uh, Carl and Ellie's house. It doesn't just look like a house. It looks like the essence of a house. You know, as strange as that sounds. Um, It doesn't look very plain. It looks idealized. It looks beautiful. And it looks a little old, a little worn, but, you know, that just gives it character. Um, And then, of course, the big, uh, you know, the big collection of balloons are brightly colored and they look beautiful and and seeing the house uh, being hauled by these balloons through, you know, a bright blue sky, uh, it's just a really nice, relaxing image. Um, and, of course, the design of the characters uh, is very, not necessarily funny, but just the characters, they all, in an almost expressionistic kind of, uh, kind of way, they all look exactly the way they should look. Uh, Russell, uh, the the Boy Scout kid, he looks like he looks like the essence of a Boy Scout, uh, specifically one that's uh, a little too eager to please. Um, you know, he's kind of roly-poly, he's kind of adorable, um, he has a comical amount of equipment with him that he uh, will probably never need to use. And then, of course, Carl is, he's short, he's everything that, uh, he's the, of course, the essence of an old man. And, uh, and so it's just so the character design is of course beautiful the the production design in general is gorgeous uh and of course the the vocal work is is really uh is really solid as well that's something that that Pixar can certainly always be uh counted on uh to to really nail um back on uh, Battleship Pretension we had a guest on the show named uh, Maurice LaMarche who's a a voice actor and and I've been a fan of his for a long time. He does not I'm sorry, I didn't mean to mention him in the sense that he doesn't do a sh- uh, a voice uh in up, but uh he you know, I've been a fan of his ever since I was a kid and and I've I've kind of come to respect what like really great voice acting. And so often these days uh in animated films they will just throw the voice of a character to uh, a big star who really shouldn't be doing voice work. Not to imply that their voice is bad, but it's just, you know, when all you have is your voice to work with, um, it needs to be distinctive. You need to be able to do a lot of things with it. Um, and a lot of a lot of actors, when put in the position to do vocal work, uh, they don't really seem to know what to do. But Pixar, somehow, they always manage to pick just the right people. Sometimes they're big stars, sometimes they're not, you know. Uh, in the case of uh, Up, you know, the biggest stars involved are Ed Asner and Christopher Plummer. Now, I'm a huge fan of Christopher Plummer. Um, Ed Asner a little less so, but he's he's great as well. Um, but both older guys. I mean, the they needed actors who had you know, some weight and some character to their voices. Um, and uh, and so you wind up believing uh, these characters. You believe uh, the things they say. The writing is really wonderful. Um, and, and it should be noted, it is pretty consistently funny. Uh, and you believe the, the character designs and the vocal performances. Just everything about... I, I really like when every aspect of a film comes together and all of it just feeds off of each other. 
um, I'll use a non movie example. Uh, I think Homer Simpson is is like a perfect creation at this point. What the way he acts matches how he looks, and how he sounds matches the way he acts, and the things that he says are perfect for the way he says them. Everything about him, he's just like this perfect storm of a character, and everything is perfect. I would say actually a similar thing with uh, with Darth Vader. So, so yeah, Up just in general is just such a such a pleasure to watch. I mean, I know that some people have a problem with certain story elements of it, but even when it turns a little more conventional, it's still it's still just so much fun. I mean, that's that's the thing about Pixar. It's just their movies are always fun. Um, they don't their movies are are unmistakably for both children and adults, but they don't get so bogged down in trying to talk to adults that they forget to be fun. Um, and I feel like the more fun that they have the more weight that some of the heavier moments will will have. So so Pixar, uh, I feel like, always manages to do it right. Um, so now we'll get into kind of some of the thematics. Um, so as I, as I uh, mentioned, um, the way Carl is about uh, the house and uh, Ellie's things and stuff like that, he, he's very careful about them, really wants to preserve them, um, Really, to the point that when when Charles Mun, uh, Munz is uh, threatening Carl to do something, uh, he you would think that you know I mean if you need you need leverage you know when you're a villain and uh, and so he he starts using Russell only to find out that Carl is actually more protective of the house than he is of Russell and it winds up. He just the way he treats the house almost as if it were uh, a person, and over the course of the of the film, it, it becomes clear that Carl is is not over uh, the death of his wife. And of course, I mean, you know, he spent his whole life with her. How could he be? Uh, and I think that's he he's not. It's one thing to not be over uh, her, but he's 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 still hung up. Uh, in on her, uh, he's still grieving over her to the point uh, to the uh, to the exclusion um, of all else. I mean, right down to the fact that I mean, it, he he will put himself and Russell in jeopardy uh, as long as he still gets to hold on to um, to the house and 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 hold on to to the memories and and so this is where we get. Uh, a very adult theme, um, I think, because uh, quite honestly, and I, I don't mean to to you know condescend uh, to you know children. I don't think there's any children listening, but uh, you know I understand that when you're a kid, you can lose uh, a parent or, or something like that. Um, but I would say the idea of of losing somebody uh, close to you and having that dominate. Uh, that sense of loss dominate your behavior and attitude. I'd say that's that's pretty much a that's an adult situation, um, and I don't say adult situation in the in the, like a you know like a sexual kind of thing that you will find uh, from the MPAA. Um, and so that's that's kind of what what we're going to talk about today is that, and I and I'll you know talk about uh, my own experience. Um, Sorry, uh, new listeners, uh, if this seems very um, 
narcissistic on my part, but uh, uh, I so I've been thinking lately. Uh, I just I just went on a trip. I went uh, out of town to visit my brother in Denver, and while I was there, I found that I was so frequently worried about the safety of my wife. Um, and this is something that I've been dealing with for, for years and years. I just, I'm always worried that she'll get in a car accident, uh, or, you know, something like that. Car accident usually seems to be the case. And then, of course, a couple months ago, she was in a car accident. It was terrifying. Uh, but I'm always worried that she's, that she's going to die, and then all of a sudden, I'm going to be alone. And, you know, to a degree, there's nothing wrong with that, that fear, um, because nobody wants to be alone, nobody wants to lose the person that they love, but but it's it's almost uh paralyzing. It would it would take so much of uh take up so much of my my thoughts that uh because that's the thing is I've I've had a grief experience with my father and then oddly enough my I've lost several people in the last few years. I lost my grandfather, I lost a good friend uh from high school and you know, I know what grieving feels like. It's not pleasant. It's not a good experience. And, uh, I mean, and I'm a fairly nostalgic and melancholy person anyway. I mean, I, I, I drive my dad's car. I wear his California Angels hat. That's right. The California Angels. That's how old that hat is. Um, I wear his wedding ring. Um, and, well, I, I don't wear his... I, we we used my parents' wedding rings as our uh, as our wedding rings. I'm not just wearing his as well as mine. Um, I'm not a crazy person. Um, anyway, so so I'm somebody who I I, I very much relate to Carl uh, in the film because I have a strong connection to the past, and uh, and it kind of informs how I live my life in the present. Uh, especially because I don't want to lose something. I mean, the idea of losing my ring, I knew I worked with a guy who, uh, within his first year of marriage, he actually uh, wound up losing his wedding ring, and I remember the idea of that was so terrifying to me, uh, not just because it was my wedding ring, but because it was my dad's ring. Um, and so, you know, grief, it, it I feel like it never really ends. Uh, it It only really lessens a little bit and you just kind of get used to it but what's what's crazy is that you don't ever want to get used to it it's like well I don't want to ever stop missing my father because then it's like oh well, it's like I didn't love him and and so anyway uh I as I said this this episode is going to be a little scattered because some of the things that I'm going to be saying um so while I was in Denver I kept worrying that uh I was going to get a call or something. I don't know. When when Jen is out of my sight, I tend to worry about her. And so, of course, when I'm gone for five straight days, she's out of my sight for five days. And so it just it just gets worse and worse. And to bring it around to uh, a Christian kind of idea, um, I, I've had people say, oh, you know what, you just got to... Excuse me, you just got to trust in God. You know, trust that God will, will uh, take care of her and... And keep her safe, and that sort of thing. And uh, and I had a, a realization. I've always had a difficult time with the idea of, of trusting in God, um, but uh, 
But recently, like in the last week, I've come to realize that I don't trust God about with certain things, specifically uh, Jen's safety. Um, and that's a weird realization to come to um, because it's not something that, that I say lightly. Um, we should trust God. Like the idea of, you know, when I pray that, that God keep Jen safe while she's on her trip, while she's out shooting a wedding or whatever the case may be, um, I pray for it. And yet I have no expectation that such a thing will happen. Um, I have no faith in it. It's the idea of, you know, oh, we'll, well, we'll leave, you know, you leave her safety in, in God's hands. Well, I, I really feel like, you know, God might have, uh, you know, slippery fingers or something like that. And so, so yeah, uh, that's a, that's not a good, uh, mindset to be in. Um, and, and it's very much, I think it's very much informed by the, by the loss that I have experienced. You know, if I hadn't experienced that, um, I think my attitude towards, uh, my wife's safety would probably be different because I wouldn't have a frame of reference as far as, uh, uh, you know, like emotionally and, and stuff like that. So, um, so it's with, uh, it's with this in mind that I'll bring up the, the second film also from Pixar. Uh, it's called Finding Nemo. And in this, in this film, of course, uh, you also get, you get a, a husband who very early in the film, he loses his wife. She dies. They're fish, by the way. Uh, so she gets eaten by a barracuda. I think that's what it is. Um, and I realize it's very difficult to talk about, uh, deep emotions, when I literally just said the phrase, she got eaten by a barracuda. But, uh, you know, that's that's one of the great things, as I said before, that's one of the great things about Pixar, is it does such a great job of creating this world and help, and having us believe it and having us believe the characters that when we see talking fish underwater and then one of them dies, we actually feel like crying. I mean, it's really it's really quite sad. Um, anyway, so so uh, so the, uh, the barracuda eats... Uh, this this uh, fish's wife, his name is uh, Marlon, and her name is Coral, and uh, and so the barracuda eats Coral as well as uh, all but one of their eggs. They were going to have I don't know like thirty something you know thirty something children, um, and there is in fact just one egg left, and and it's uh, and they name that he names it uh, Nemo, and of course because of his experience losing uh basically his whole family he is way too protective uh of Nemo and to the point that he's being he's a rather smothering father and he does not let his his kid like have fun the way other kids do um and it really gets in the way of their relationship because he does he's doing it because he he loves his son and he doesn't want anything to happen to him he, he doesn't want to lose him but what's fascinating is that his son views this as smothering and oppressive and so what's odd is is that Marlon spends so much time holding on to his son that ultimately what it what it really happens is it just makes his son want to wriggle away and and so I feel like there's actually a lot of similarities between Carl uh, and Marlon in the sense that their actions now are informed by what they have lost. Um, and 
they're unable to move past that sense of loss. In the case of Carl, he's holding on to the past. That's all he... It's all he has. It's all he feels that he has. Um, and then with Marlon, he... He, he his actions are informed by what has happened to the point that he refu- he's afraid of the future he's afraid of the unknown because that's of course what the future is and so he will do everything he can to control it you know and you can't control the future you certainly can't control the future of somebody else uh even if it is your uh family member or loved one uh and and so both of these guys are just stuck emotionally in one place and both of these films are about them growing and them realizing that, in fact, life goes on. And, you know, uh, it's it's fine, in the case of Carl, it's fine to have a connection to the past. But when literally you are sacrificing new relationships in the present that will, of course, uh, that have the p- potential to blossom to really meaningful relationships in the future... Um, then you're then you're holding on to the past too much, um, and then in the case of of Marlon, you know he's 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 so blind to what his son wants and what his son needs. He's so focused on not losing him that he winds up pushing. He winds up kind of pushing him away, which is kind of a, a kind of ironic when you think about it. Um, and so I feel like this is both of these stories are are things that I. Uh, as a person, and I feel like perhaps some of you, uh, you know, can can benefit from is is seeing these these films, and you know, probably seeing yourselves uh, in these characters. Uh, you know, it's very difficult to to deal with your past, especially if it's if it's about loss, because it's it's the worst feeling in the world, and you're never ex- you're never ready for it. Is the amazing thing. Uh, it will always come out of the blue. Um, you know, my uh, my grandfather passed away of Alzheimer's, and we all kind of expected it. But when it finally happens, it still is very numbing, and it's it's very strange. And so, uh, so it, you know, as and as I've said, is I I can't, you know, I myself am having a hard time uh, getting past my feeling. Uh, my my sense of of loss. It's been seven and a half years, and you know, I just it, it terrifies me so much. And I and and I keep trying, <laughs> I keep praying that God will give me the strength to trust Him, because it does. I, I feel like it does take a great deal of strength to just let go of things that you have no control over. And uh, what's fascinating is even as I'm praying it. Uh, <laughs> Uh, there's there's something in my head that's saying like this doesn't mean anything. You know, if Jen gets in a car accident, God's not going to do anything to keep her safe. Even though that's already happened, it should be noted. As I said, she got in a car accident a few months ago, uh, two or three months ago, and uh, she was fine. Just a little bit of shoulder pain. You know what I mean? Like what I thought was going to happen did, and she came out unscathed. And yet still, I feel like, well, yeah, okay, well, there's that one, but there's always going to be another one. We live in Los Angeles. You're going to get in car accidents. I saw a crash. I know how it is. Um, and that's, you know, and that's that's the thing is is what I've been talking about is something that I, I haven't figured out yet. It's I think it's a daily thing where you just have to always pray for strength to have faith and 
in God and and trust in God uh, and and that sort of thing. And so I uh, and I will I you know I, friends have told me not to uh, not to apologize for uh, using uh, the word God and Jesus and faith. Um, but I I will say that you know what I'm talking about may not make a great deal of sense. Uh, to my uh, atheistic uh, listeners, and so uh, I do apologize. Uh, this one is very skewed um, uh, towards uh, fellow Christians because learning how to trust in God is one I th- one of the hardest things that you will ever have to do. Um, but uh, but yeah, and so I I, I figure I should uh, I I looked up several Bible verses here. Um, a couple are about worry, and uh, and I won't read them all, but of course it's the idea that, you know, who, uh, in Matthew, it says, you know, who of you by worrying can add a single hour to his life? Uh, and then there's the idea of, you know, let tomorrow worry about itself, uh, and all that sort of thing, which, you know, it sounds weird because it's just like, so should I just not do anything for tomorrow? Well, no, of course not. You you make plans, you do, you know, you, you still need to be a responsible adult, but at the same time, there are things that you cannot control, as I record this, my wife is at work, and then she will drive about 20 minutes home. And, that can, and you know, who knows what can happen in that 20 minutes, and there's literally nothing I can do about it. So do I sit here and fret? Yes, that is what I do, uh, but it's not what I should do. And so, um, you know, because I, I know and have experienced how there's no, you know, it's not like, oh, okay, this is a special day. I, you know, so this is the day that I will experience loss. You know, it's always on a random day when you least expect it, and it's of course devastating. And so, um, so uh, I've got I've got another verse here, um, and it's uh, and it's basically about uh, having suffered grief and having suffered uh, trials uh, in your life, and how if you just you just need to have faith and of course that's much easier said than done um but uh so we're going to go with first peter 1 6 through 9 uh and i'm going to be picking up in the middle of the verse here uh though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials these have come so that your faith of greater worth than gold which perishes even th- uh even though refined by fire may be proved genuine and may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. For you are receiving the goal of your faith, the salvation of your souls. And that 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 one actually fascinates me because, um, you know, if you've been uh, in the church for any length of time, you've probably heard uh, about the notion of idols, which is an idol is literally it doesn't have to be a cre- you know, a, a, an engraven image or anything like that. Um, it can be literally anything that that is a higher priority uh, than your relationship with God. And and I've come to realize recently that my my marriage, you know, good things can be idols, uh, and my marriage has kind of been like that uh, for me. Uh, probably because I spend so much time worrying um, that I spend more time thinking about that and about my wife's safety than I do about uh, you know God and what and all that he's he's done for me and what I like about this verse is that it, it acknowledges that yes a lot of crap happens in our lives 
Uh, if you've been lucky enough to avoid it so far, you won't be able to avoid it forever. It's just going to happen, and it's it sucks, and it's really sad, and it might take a very long time to get over, but it will happen. But ultimately, those are variables. Um, those are things that are always changing. Relationships, uh, jobs, location, money, whatever the case may be. It's always going to change, and of course, the the one constant is God and His, and specifically His love. Uh, that will never change, no matter what you do. Which is the amazing thing to me. And what I like is that here at the here at the end, it says, um, "You're filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy, for you are receiving the goal of your faith, the salvation of your souls." And it says that because here it says what your goal is with faith. It's not so that you can be rich. It's not that it's not so that you can live a uh, you know a, a constantly happy life. It's the salvation of your soul. It's reconciliation with God. Um, that's the goal of our faith. Um, I feel like a lot of pastors uh, and other Christians will tell you that oh well if you have faith in God he'll he'll provide you with such riches and he might. But that almost treats God as a means to an end, and that's not what it is. Um, God and a relationship with God is its own end, and so, um, so that's something. So this is a verse that actually uh, means a lot to me because it it acknowledges what you've been through and that things are bad, but it's saying that if you continue to have faith, then you will get and you will be reminded ultimately why you did this and why you're in this in the first place. Um, and so, uh, so I'll read another one. This is also from first Peter, uh, first Peter five, 10 through 11. And the God of all grace who called you to his eternal glory in Christ after you have suffered a little while, will himself restore you and make you strong, firm and steadfast to him be the power forever and ever. Amen. Um, and these, what's fascinating is that, you know, uh, for those that for those that are Christian, um, I'd really recommend reading the Bible on a regular basis. I don't uh, as often as I should, but every time I do, I just I feel so feel so spoken to. But also, I just it's it's so encouraging, even when it's discouraging. I mean, if you look at the previous verse, as I said, it's not saying that your life is going to be peaches and cream the whole time. You know, it's gonna some crap is going to happen, but. So what I like is that it's it's realistic, but it also says that there are other things going on, things that you might have lost sight of, you know. And that's and to bring it back around to to the movies, that's that's what that's one of the amazing things about Up is that he loses sight of what life is about, and life is about spending, uh, you know, spending your life and your time and your energy with other you know with other people. Um, and you know, here, here's a verse that says, trust in the Lord and do good. You know, it's odd that those two, that it would say those two things that Psalm 37, three, um, trust in the Lord and do good. You know, um, you got to trust in the Lord, but you got to go out and do things with that. You know, it's spurring you on to spread that around, spread God's love around to other people. And Carl in up is so focused on somebody that it, that is not around anymore, which is his wife, and it's a sad thing. And I can, 
I can speak from experience that you don't want to get over it because you feel like you're being disloyal to the person that has died. But, and you never do get over it, but you live with it, you deal with it, you learn from it if you can, and you move on, and you find, you know, you find something else and somebody else. Um, You give the past its place, and you have respect for it, and you, you know, you try to be happy for what you had, but then you go on, you know, and, and Carl eventually learns his, his lesson, thankfully. And, uh, you know, and I think it's, it's, it should be noted that, you know, his, the, the person that he and Ellie looked up to when they were kids, uh, Charlie, uh, Charles Muntz, he turned out to be a, a bad guy, a crazy person. And I feel like that in itself is, is interesting because sometimes you'll find, you know, because, when you're when all when when you cling to the past, you will probably wind up uh, uh, idealizing and idolizing the past. Uh, and in fact, the past sometimes isn't that. Sometimes the past is kind of bad, you know. And this is a you know, and that's an an illustration of that is that he spends so much time thinking about oh, Paradise Falls is going to be the best, and oh, I just want to be like this guy. Well, this guy wasn't that good of a guy, you know. It's you need to face what reality is instead of actually cling to um you know uh, these road rose colored glasses in which uh, through which you view the past so so he's able to overcome this and he's able to get his priorities straight and realize that his wife is gone and he's sad about that and he's going to miss her but he has this kid Russell cuz he and his wife were not able to have kids it should be noted it, they just had each other but now he's got this kid whose own father is a little neglectful and that becomes uh, a new friendship something something that can that can feed him and that he can you know that he can invest his time in and and stuff like that and so it's it's just about you know the the film is just about moving on and not being shackled to the past because what i've often found is that those shackles uh, are forged by ourselves um and so and of course uh, in finding nemo marlin learns that uh yeah, oh, I'm. I'm so sorry that I need to say this. That when you love something, you set it free. You know, because if you hold on to it, you you no longer love it for what it is. You love it for what it can do for you. Um, and then that's not really that's not really loving the thing itself. Um, and so it's more loving the idea of a thing. So um, so yeah, as I said, I know I went all over the place uh, with this episode. Um. And I know that it it might not mean something to some people. I mean, as I said, some people maybe haven't lost anybody, but I'm sure we've all experienced worrying about the future or worrying about one thing or another. Um, and it's things that we we have no control over. I mean, we can do we can do everything that we that we can do. Absolutely, you know, you can't be lazy. But there are some things that are just out of your hands and it's best not to act as if it is in your hands and the only thing you can do is worry about it and that's that'll change it um and in fact i think it's i think it's interesting it says who of you by worrying can add a single hour to his life well what's interesting is now i think pretty much pretty much uh, everyone agrees that by constantly worrying you will probably be taking hours from your life um you know and so so yeah, I I feel like that's what we can learn from from these movies and and also they're just such wonderful movies. They're just so delightful and so you could it's just so easy to get emotionally invested in them. And uh sometime I'll I'll perhaps I'll have an episode about how 
family films and, and animated films. I know a surprising number of, of people who, who have uh, great taste in film and they just dismiss animated films uh, as if there's nothing that we can get out of them. And that's I think that's just silly. So anyway, uh, so yeah, thanks, uh, thanks everybody for listening. Don't forget to head on over to uh, podcastawards.com and vote for more than one lesson in the religion uh, slash inspiration category. And uh, as I said, you can vote every day. So uh, let's go out and try to win this thing, everyone, because uh, a victory for me is a victory for you. That's not true. It's mostly for me. Um, yeah, so uh, you can always email me, Tyler, at morethanonelesson.com. There's always uh, blogs and uh, forums over at the website. And uh, yeah, so thanks, everybody, for listening, and I'll get you next time. Bye. Bye.